0: Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas.
1: Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today.
0: Everything good? All right. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Got a full, almost a full house, don't we? All right. It's getting better, ain't it? God is all the time. Every time. That better? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's better or not. But I'm just tickled to death to be here this morning. Amen. Sun's starting to shine a little bit out there. That's kind of scary. <laughs> but it's gonna be all right. Rain will be back here in a little while. <laughs> but uh it's been a great week, hasn't it? Had some great blessings this week, had some stuff going on. Tim, you got good news yet? Very. Okay. Good deal. Maybe you'll get that. All right. It's good to have all y'all here this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Open Open the service up with God's blessing. Dear Heavenly Father God, I ask you to come into this place today. Father, come into each heart that's in this room. Awaken us. Show us what you have for us this morning. Lead us, guide us, direct us as we go through this service. And Father, I ask if there's anybody in this room that does not know you as the Lord and Savior that before this day is over, they know you and they have a relationship with you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, today is also the first Sunday of the month. Y'all know what that means. We have our communion service this morning. And that's we've had praise through song already. We've had a blessing prayed over the church. And now we're going to do something else, part of, a part of... Being loyal to God and being obedient to God's word—it's time to pick up our tithes. And in, along with the tithes, there's also offerings. So there is a difference between a tithe and an offering. Y'all know that, right? The tithe is what you owe God because it's His. An offering is what you give to God because you want to. So, Michael and Buddy's going to pass around the trays here in just a minute, and then we'll do communion after that. That's another form of worship. And then we'll sing a couple more songs during all this. And we'll get rolling on. Somebody's going to preach a message. I don't know who's going to do it, but somebody will. (laughs) Okay? So, Michael, if you would, bless the offering. Definitely, (laughs) Father, (laughs) we (laughs) thank you for the day. We thank you for our great little church. We thank you for all the offerings that you give to the Lord. We thank you for the extra offerings you give for the church. So we thank you for each individual that's here. Our teachers, our preachers, our diggings, and
1: our stuff. Yeah. All
0: right. Drop that beat. Yeah. Woo. will right, be this. Give Mark a chance here. We'll give Mark a chance to light. (laughs) All right. You ready, Mark? All right. You lit? All right. Jesus brought the disciples together on the day of Passover. And he told the disciples to go into the upper room and prepare the Passover feast. He wanted to have one last Passover with them before he faced what he was facing that night. He knew that He knew that he was going to the cross. He knew his time was up, and he wanted to share the Last Supper with them one more time. And he stood there with them, and he called them together in the room, and they ate the meal of the Hebrew meal for Passover, which is a bunch of bitterness, bitter sweets and bitter bitter breads, bitter things that they had to eat in order to be obedient to the Word of God. And at the end of the meal, which was the custom of the time, he took the bread, and he held the bread in his hands, and he prayed to his father. He said, Dear Heavenly Father God, this bread represents my body that I will be broken, and I will give for their benefit. And he took it, and he broke it, and he passed it around to the disciples. He said, Now, take and eat of my body. And after they had eaten of the body, he picked up the cup, which contained wine, and he said, this wine represents the body, the blood that I'm going to shed for y'all. He held it up to God, and he said, Dear Heavenly Father, bless this for the removal of sins and to make a new covenant with your people. And he told his disciples, take and drink. And when they finished... I won't ever drop of it. (laughs) Sugar, sweet. (laughs) And when he finished, uh, they went into the garden. And as they entered the garden, he told the disciples to stay at the gate. And he went deeper into the garden, and he told the disciples, "Stay here and pray. Pray for me." And he went to a little deeper into the garden, and that's where he made one of the, the confessions to God that I think is so relevant and so important. He asked God if there was any other way. He said, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. Of course, he didn't get an answer. And he sat there for a minute, and he said, okay, let your will be done, not mine. Guys you know how important that is? It means something to us today, doesn't it? It's not our will that needs to be done. It's God's will. We need to turn our lives over to God. And we need to let him be the guiding force that determines what we do, where we go, what we say, how we live, how we act. And that's what Christ did, isn't it? One of the most obedient things in the world that he could have done is said, let your will be done, not mine. And I, I challenge you today as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's start living our life that way. Quit trying to ramrod this show because we're not the ramrods. One of my favorite things to say is this ain't my circus. And I ain't in charge of the monkeys. But I, And I'm not responsible for cleaning up the monkeys' mess. But we are responsible to each other to share the Word of God. We are responsible to show other people what God has done for us. And we are also responsible for something else. And I'm probably going to get yelled at for this one, but that's okay. I get yelled at a lot. I've heard people say, well, it don't matter what other people think about me. Let me tell you something. In God's Word, it says that if you will be an example of Him and walk with Him, other people will respect you. You want people to respect you? Act like you need respect. You want people to follow you and trust you? Live honestly. So it does matter when we walk around the city of Wiley or the county of Collin County or even the state of Texas or the United States. It does matter what other people think about us. Because if we claim to be Christian brothers and sisters, and we claim to be saved by God, we better start walking and talking and acting like it. Because people do look at you, and if they don't see Christ in you, what do they see? They see you. Come on. Somebody agree with that because that's what they see. The Bible tells us that God doesn't want the world to see us. He wants the world to see Christ in us. So if we're not displaying our Christ, what are they seeing? That corrupted old sinner that got saved. There has to be a change in your life, guys. There has to be a change in your thinking. There has to be a change in the way you live your life. If there's no change... Maybe you need to check up on your relationship with God a little bit. And if there's no change taking place in you because you don't know what to do, can I make a suggestion to you? Find a way to learn it, whether through Bible studies, through church services, through reading of the word. And there's always another way that you can get God's information. And that's pray to him about it. Because the Holy Spirit's job on this planet, on this earth, is to bring us comfort and to teach us the ways of God. Stop living for the world and expecting God's blessings. You live for the world, you're not going to get God's blessings. And that's not my sermon today, but it's a pretty good one, huh? It's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, the light, and the way. That no one comes to the Father except through me. So it's time for us to start remembering what the ceremony means. Oh, I went there, didn't I? We take that communion in our hearts because it's the right thing to do, right? Well, I mean, come on. It's tradition. That's what we're supposed to do, Right? Suck it up, buttercup. That ain't it. It's a commitment you make between you and God. And if you're going to make a commitment between you and God, there's another scripture in that book that says, if you make an oath to God, you better fulfill it. Yeah. So, let's get on with our day. Let's get on with the services this morning. And just remember this. When you take communion, it's because you're, you are recognizing what Christ did for us. And it's great in here, isn't it? All of us get to see each other doing it, and we we feel good about it, don't we? But what about the people out here that didn't see us doing it? What do we owe them? We owe them to live the life we say we live. And is it easy to do that? No. It's easy to get caught up in the world, isn't it? it's easy to get caught up in other people's languages it's easy to get caught up in other people's habits but Christ said love one another as I have loved you hmm hmm you gotta love other people the same way you wanna be loved well the ones you don't like you gotta love harder the ones you don't like are the ones that take more loving in your part It's easy to love somebody you like, ain't it? Try loving somebody you don't like. That's a hard one. But Jesus said, do it. He didn't ask you how hard it was. Barb, drop a beat. Let's sing another praise song, and then we'll get into the Word today. Woo! All
1: right, y'all be seated. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. Y'all ready? All right. Huh? We better be. (laughs)
0: Let's get it on. Bring it to me. You want it to be done. We're going to go to Luke
1: 23. Oh, God. Huh?
0: We already prayed three times. How many more times do you want me to pray? Let's pray again. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have in this service. We thank you for all the things you're doing for us. Father, anoint the words that come out of my mouth that it may enter the ears that are hearing and the eyes that are seeing. Let us be closer to you than we've ever been. Teach us what you want us to know this morning and show us where we need to walk and what we need to do to change our lives. And these things I ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. (sighs)
1: I'm going to go to verse 39.
0: Y'all there? All right, let's start reading. Then one of the criminals who were hung blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not know or even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him,
1: as surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's got a lot to carry, doesn't it? We can preach on that for about two or three hours, can't
0: we? Which thief on the cross are you?
1: Are you the negative thief? Are you the positive thief? Come on. Some days we're both, aren't we? Some days we praise God when we get up and by noon
0: we're cussing him. Well, um, come on. Let's be honest with each other and let's be truthful. Some days we are that way. There are times when we want to blaspheme Jesus because if you're God, save me from this. Get me out of this situation. Come on. God, I don't need to do
1: this today. I, this is killing me.
0: Oh, but then, you know, that's the bad, cross, the bad side of the cross, isn't it? The other side of the cross says, whatever I'm going through is for my good. You're teaching me something. You're showing me something. You're teaching me to trust you more. You're loving me more. Jesus is in the middle, isn't he? He's in the middle of that, isn't he? He's in the middle of your battle with him and your battle with yourself. Are y'all listening to what I just said? I reversed the roles, didn't I? These two men were fighting their own selves, but Christ was in the middle. The bad guy, the bad guy on the cross, All he wanted was for somebody to get him off that cross and let him live his life and go on about his business. Oh, there's a lot of that going on in the world, ain't there? A lot of people want, they want Jesus, but they want him to let, just let them do what they want to do. Get me out of this trouble, but let me do what I want to let me put that needle back in my arm. Let me put that drug in my system. Let me have that alcohol. Let me chase them women. Let me do all the stuff that I like
1: doing, but you got to save me. That thief on the cross represents a lot of people, doesn't he? Now,
0: I'm preaching something. You know, y'all may not understand it, but I'm preaching something this morning. I'm preaching to some people today. You live your life according to what you want to do, but you want to make God responsible. You want, to take, you want to take on what you want to take on, and you want to do it your way, but then you want God's blessing
1: on it. Am I right? You want to go out there and live willy-nilly however you want to,
0: and then when everything goes wrong, listen to me, when everything goes wrong,
1: you get mad at God. You get mad at God, and you want to say, well, God, why did you allow me to do that?
0: God didn't allow you to do nothing. God doesn't stop you and he doesn't make you do it. He's not going to put a roadblock up in front of you where you won't make a fool out of yourself. But he is there with his hand on your shoulder. He sent his Holy Spirit down here to say, you really don't want to do that. You really don't want to continue that walk. You really don't want to be that person. And what do we do with that? We ignore it. We ignore it because we want to do what we want to do, right? And then there's the other crowd on the cross. Oh. Some people call him Mr. Goody Two Shoes.
1: He's sitting there looking at his brother. Do you not know who this man is? This is a son of God. You gotta act right. You gotta behave yourself. You deserve what you're getting. I deserve what I'm getting because I was bad too. But
0: then that other thief did something remarkable, didn't he? How many of y'all in here did not have any sin in your life when you met Jesus? How many of y'all were perfect little angels? You see, we all lived on that cross, didn't we? Both thieves on that cross were bad people. But there's one difference in those two people. One wanted God to do something with no nothing in return. The other one wanted to do something and give God something in return. Oh, are you all getting where I'm going here? You Are you the thief on the cross that just wants God to bless you all the time and you don't do anything for it? Are you the person that understands that you're just as bad as the other guy But you need Jesus in your life to get you through, to get you into the next world.
1: Hmm? Well, you know, that's some good in that and there's some bad in that too, isn't there? Because
0: what that thief didn't understand on that cross was Jesus said, yeah, you'll be with me today in paradise. He was a lucky one. He got saved and didn't have to do anything about it. He got saved and went straight to paradise that day. But what about us out here in this world, us that live every day, that we accepted the same gift that, that Christ gave
1: him, but yet we're still alive? We're still living our lives. We got some work to do, don't we? We got some changing that needs to be done. We got some things that we are
0: responsible for that God put in our wheelhouse to take care of
1: first thing he wants us to do after we accept Christ is clean our own lives up.
0: Oh, pick your toes up if it's hurting. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. He wants us to clean up our attitudes. He wants us to clean up our thinking. He wants us to clean up the way we show other people how to live.
1: And I'm going to give you some words, and I want you to think about these words. Fear. Anxiety.
0: Depression. Addiction. Selfishness. Greed. What about some other words that that we can use on that same format? Do those words come from God? Do you find anything in that Bible that tells you to be that way? I can find some stuff in there that tells you not to be that way. But yet we choose to do that sometimes, don't we? We get a little jealous of our neighbors. We get a little envious of what they got. and We get a little greedy about what we want. We get a little selfish with what we have. All those things that come from the world that we were taught as kids from a little bitty on up to be successful, this is what you've got to do. You gotta have all the money in the world. You gotta have the best cars, the best houses, the best clothes. You gotta look this way. You gotta dress this way. You gotta be this.
1: You gotta be that. What does God tell us? Well, y'all are y'all are. On, he does tell us to be those things. But what I'm talking about here
0: is what He expects from us. Oh. See, there's a lot of things that we're supposed to do, but y'all aren't getting the word I'm looking for yet. He said, humble yourselves. What's humble mean? Taking what you have and being thankful for it. Now, you may be saying, well, Jr., I ain't got a whole lot. Be grateful you have it. Be glad you have what you have. Be humble about what you have. When you become humble about what you have and learn how to manage that, guess what happens? He gives you a little more. And He'll give you a little more. And He'll give you a little more. And He'll give you a little more. And and then you get big-headed and you think, look what I've done. Takes it all back. he just take it away from you like it wasn't, it wasn't yours to begin with. Whose was it? It's His. He allows us to use it. You know, that thief on the cross that died that day with Jesus went to paradise, he had a pretty easy walk,
1: didn't he? He hung there on the cross and died, and he went to heaven. I'll tell you something today. Your walk on this earth is not easy. God didn't promise you an easy road, did
0: he? As a matter of fact, ACDC wrote a song about it. The highway to hell is wide, slick and smooth, but the road to heaven is a stairway. It's ups and downs, ups and downs, up and down, And you got to work a little bit to get there, don't you? Now, if he'd have given us an escalator, that'd been cool. But he didn't. He gave us a path to walk. And that path is not smooth, it's not good, it's not always sunshine and roses. Sometimes it's rain and thunderstorms, sometimes it's just pure hell. But if we have faith in God like we're supposed to have, and we're living for Jesus the way we're supposed to, what happens to that road? Those, those valleys become blessings. Those hilltops become praise. I'm on top of the hill, I go down in the valley. i got to be grateful that He's there. And I praise his name when I come out the other side. And every time I go down in a valley, it gets easier. You know why it gets easier? My faith grows. My trust in God grows.
1: My desire to be in his presence grows. Let's
0: get back in word here. Now we got that established, right? And then something else happened that day. Then the sun was darkened and the veil in the temple was torn in two. There's some significance in that verse, too, guys. What veil is he talking about? What does that veil represent? You see, before we know Christ, we had no direct contact with God. Let me say that again. Until we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and he died on a cross, we had no direct contact with God. But that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. And why was it ripped? To allow us access to God. Jesus paid the price that Adam took away from us. Adam took away our right to walk with God and to talk with God and to hold hands with God and to be in God's presence. Christ paid a price of death, which God said to Adam, if you eat of this tree, surely you will die. Well, he ate of the tree. He didn't fall over dead, did he? But he died spiritually. And the scales were removed from his eyes, and he got to see the ugliness of the world, the sin, the bad stuff that God kept away from him, as long as he was obedient. But once he broke that obedience, it was revealed to him what a bad place he was. The man didn't even have to worry about blue jeans, shoes, socks, underwear, or nothing. He walked around naked because there was nothing wrong with it until God revealed it to him that he was naked. And he was embarrassed, wasn't he? He had to cover himself, and he covered his wife. And they hid now, this is the funny part. Y'all do, we, we as people do this a lot, don't we? We know right and wrong, but when we're doing wrong, we try to hide. We will to go hide behind, the, behind the, the building, don't we? Or we want to hide in the dark. Or we want to hide in the closet. We don't want people seeing what we really do. Let me tell you something. When Adam and Eve hid from God... He walked up to where, about where they were, and he says, Why are you hiding?
1: Why are you hiding? He said, Because we're naked. He said, Who told you that? God knew exactly where he was. God knew that he went and got some fig leaves and covered himself up.
0: God knew it all. Can I tell you something? What you do in the dark now? Or what you think other people don't know you're doing? What you What you hide from other people, you can't hide it from God. God's eyes are right on top of you. He knows exactly what you've been doing. So quit trying to hide from God. You don't care what other people think about you, right? So you ain't hiding from people.
1: If you really don't care what people think about you, you don't care what other people think. So why are you trying to hide it? They're the ones that can actually see what you're doing, right? You can't hide from folk. You can't hide from God. You can hide from other
0: people, but you can't hide from God. What you do in the dark will come to the light. And who is the light? Christ. So, everything you do in the dark, who sees it? God. So, Do you really care what other people think? You should. Because other people should see you living God's life. You You should be betraying God everywhere you go. You should be living as Christ lived all the time. Now, does that mean you're going to succeed at it? Not always. But if you're doing your best to do that, can I tell you the more you live for God, the easier it gets because you start beating that flesh. You start winning battles against that flesh. And the more battles you win against your flesh, the more battles you win in your spirit. And the more spirit you get, the more strength you get, the more strength you get, the better you live, the better you live, the more you stop doing the things that you ain't supposed to do. It's just a continuous cycle, isn't it? So what am I telling you today? Am I telling you something? Am I telling you stop being what you ain't supposed to be? Start living the way you're supposed to. Live like the 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 guy on the cross that said, Jesus, will I, can I go with you to heaven today? I paraphrase that because I can't quote it exactly. But that's basically what he said, isn't it? Will you forgive me of my sins and will, can you take me to heaven with you today? And Christ said, surely you will be with me today in paradise. Can I tell you something? If you're in this room or in the sound of my voice anywhere, and you truly ask Christ into your life, you truly give up that sinful life, Christ will whisper in your ear, you'll be with me in paradise today. It may not be today, but you will be with him. And from this point on, you are with him. You belong to him at that point. And he will always be there with you. So quit dragging him into your mess. Quit dragging him into your stupid arguments. Quit dragging him into your greed. Stop dragging him into your jealousy, your covency, all the things that we do as human beings. Stop dragging Christ into it. Because he has to clean himself back up
1: again. And it's hard enough cleaning you up. Oh, I just went somewhere, didn't I? You see,
0: he will clean you back up. Every time you go into that mur and that mess, he has to wash you clean again. Because that's his covenant with you. You ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. It's an ongoing cycle with some of us, isn't it? Jesus needs one of those washing machines with a repeat cycle. It shouldn't have to be a repeat cycle. It should be a one time washing and I start living the way God called us to live. If we lived the way God called us to live and do what this book says to do, then we're going to be okay. But there's another scripture in here that says, You refuse me. You refuse to do what I tell you to do. You refuse to live the way I tell you to live. I will blot you from the book of life. Now, I don't know about y'all. I worked pretty hard to get in that book. It took me a long time to get there. And I'm not
1: interested in getting blotted out and had to start over again. So let's do our best to live the way God called us.
0: Let's do our very best. And then just do something that's even beyond our best. Let's talk to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to live?
1: How do I get from point A to point B? It's easy to do. I mean, you got one of the greatest instruction manuals in the world. It tells you everything you're supposed
0: to do. And you know what's really cool? It also tells you everything you're not supposed to do. It's in here. If you're doing something and you don't know if it lines up with God or not, go find out which one it is. Does it line up with God or is it
1: against God? If it's against God's will and it's against God's teaching, stop doing it. Oh, but JR, I don't know if I can. Yeah, you can. I can tell you, you can quit drinking. You can quit doing
0: dope. You can quit chasing women, guys women y'all can quit chasing men you know why I know you can do it because he said I can well I don't have the strength to do it good let Jesus do it for you he is the strength when you can't do something turn it over to God because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you who strengthens you 24-hour gym will give you muscle, but it won't strengthen you. 24-hour gets you in good breathing shape, but it won't fix you. The only thing that can fix you is a relationship with Christ. And I know, guys, I know, I know that I know. Some of y'all get sick and tired of me talking about getting a life with Christ, getting saved, getting on the right place with God. Start doing what God told you to do. And I figured out something. The reason you don't like me doing it all the time is because you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear that you need to get right with God. You don't want to hear that you need to be saved. How many times do you need to be saved? Every second. Every millisecond that you're living in sin, you need to be saved. Every time you do something that goes against this book, you need to be saved. Christ renews
1: us daily. It's a daily walk with Him. Come on, guys. And if,
0: you are, if you're covered in the blood of Jesus and you're living halfway like you're supposed to, and you, you're looking to find a better way to live, get in the Word of God. Find out what the Bible says you need to be doing. And then there's another thing that you can tap into that reveals a whole lot to you about who you are. And We call him the Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Spirit in your life. If you haven't accepted him into your life, you need to do so. Just like accepting Christ, you accept the Holy Spirit. Oh, but Jared, the Holy Spirit's always been... Yeah, he has so is Christ so is God but have you been obedient to what he tells you have you followed him have you done what he asked you to do are you living your life according to the word of God are you the the thief on the cross that just wants Jesus to get you out of the situation I'm going to tell you something Jesus is not a situational God he's a lifetime God Dedicate your life to him. And I'm going to ask you this morning again. I know it's repeated and it's been done a thousand times. And I'll tell you a secret. The day y'all carry me out of here in a box and put me in that little hearse and I take my last ride to the cemetery, if y'all listen real close, I'll still be telling you get saved. Because that's my job. That's who I am. That's what I do. My job is to teach you about Christ my job is to teach you what the Bible says but my main job is to tell you you do not have to die and go to hell and you can get out of that simply by asking Jesus into your life and then you got some work to do after that but we all know that right so this morning look at Luke and I'm going to read one more scripture to you and then I'm going to close maybe And when Jesus has cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit.
1: Do you hear what he said? He said, into God's hand, he committed his spirit. Can I tell you this morning, you need to make that same statement.
0: You need to commit your spirit to God and live accordingly. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. When you cry out to God, and you do what God requires you to do, what does the centurion realize? The truth. That he was a righteous man. So don't tell me no more you don't care what other people think about you. Because that Roman guard that hated Jesus, that hated people, he hated the Jews. He hated everything about that area. But he realized something when Jesus committed himself to God.
1: What does Satyrian say? This is a righteous man. Let the people out there in that world say
0: this is a righteous woman or this is a righteous man when they see you. And they know that you're committed to God. So, yes, I do care what other people think about me. Yes, I do care if I'm living the way I'm supposed to. I'm asking you this morning. If you don't have a relationship with God like that, today is the day that you turn your life over to God. And I mean literally turn your life over to God. Not not in word. Not with a well, I'll get to it whenever I can thing. So if the thief on the cross had said, well, if you get time sometime this week, sometime this month, God, Jesus, can I go with you to heaven?
1: Where would he have went? He'd have died in sin, wouldn't he? We have to ask Christ into our life while we're still alive. And then we have to make a commitment to God to live our lives according to his word. And just to remove all, all doubt about it, any confusion about it,
0: if you do not ask Christ into your life and you die, you're going to hell. Do you all understand that plain English? If you do not have Christ in your heart and you have not asked him to forgive you of for your
1: sins and you have not committed to him and you die, you're going to hell. In the story, right? So we have to make a conscious decision to ask God
0: to come into our lives. Can I tell you there's no better time than the present to do that? You hear my voice today, and you've been around, and you've heard something inside of you is saying, Oh, JR, that, that was kind of harsh. I, I need to think about this a little bit. Let me tell you something. If you need to think about it, you need to do it. Did you all hear me? If you had to think, maybe I need to think about this, I'm going to clear it up for you real clear. You need to do it because God's not there. Christ is not in your heart. If you've got to think about it, he's not there. And I promised you I was going to close, didn't I? Well, guess what? I think I am. But I'm going to close with this. If there's anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know you haven't asked him into your life. For real. Not you did it 25 years ago when you were still living in the world, and you kept living in that world out there, and you didn't make no changes. But if you ask Christ in your life and your life changed, you're Okay. But if you ask Christ in your life and your world hasn't changed any, you might need to search your heart a little bit and say, did I really invite him in? Because see, he's not like me and you. You invite me over to dinner. I'll come, maybe. But when you invite Christ into your heart, he comes and he don't leave. He's like Yankees. Once they get here, they don't leave. (laughs)
1: <laughs> huh?
0: I know that was wrong I'm sorry God no I love Yankees if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Yankees we wouldn't have a South <laughs> anyway enough stop J.R. quit Lord forgive me again if you don't know Jesus today don't play don't laugh about it don't joke about it because it's not a joking matter If you don't know Jesus, you need to get right with him right now, wherever you are across this world. Whatever day you're listening to this broadcast, whatever time of the day it is you're listening to it. If you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus, don't be embarrassed. Because there's a lot of us in this room that walked thinking we knew Jesus and we didn't know him. And we got a a relationship with him. And once that relationship started, we, we changed it. Because see, the devil knows who Jesus is. All the demons know who Jesus is. You see that the Satan was in heaven with Jesus. He was one of the best, the biggest angel there. I mean, he was top dog. So yes, he knows Jesus well. The demons that came to earth with him, or the angels that fell with him, they knew Jesus. But are they going to heaven? Just because you know him, don't mean you're going. Making this complicated, ain't I? There's a difference between knowing who he is and knowing him as your Lord and Savior. There is a difference. So if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't committed your life to him, right now is the time to do it. It's very simple. Just raise your hand up in the air, and we'll come to you, and we'll pray with you. You see, it has to be your prayer. It can't be mine. I can show you how to pray for him. I can tell you words to say. But it can't be me that does it. It has to be you. And your words are probably aren't going to be like mine. But your heart knows what you're saying. And you know what's even cooler than that? Jesus knows exactly what you're asking. So however you say it, pray that prayer. Here in a minute when I tell you to bow your heads and Pray that prayer and ask Christ into your life. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if anything I said today changes your way you think, ask God back into your life. Ask him to show you how to live the way you're supposed to. And then do something really unique with it. Start doing it. Okay? Every eye closed and every head bowed. Everybody in the sound of my voice, listen closely. Jesus is in the saving business. He always has been and he always will be until he comes back again. And it's up to you whether you accept it or not. If you're feeling that urge that you need something different in your life today, ask Christ the simple thing. Dear Heavenly Father God, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I need you to wash me clean of my sins. Forgive me where I failed you. Forgive me for my unbelief. Walk with me every day as I serve you for the rest of my life. That's a simple prayer. You can pray that. If you believe it in your heart, it's going to happen right now. If you pray that right now, one second after you say amen, you're a new person. Now what are you going to do with that new person? Are you going to give it to God? Are you going to let him lead you the way you're supposed to? If you're a Christian already, you've been saved, but you ain't been doing right, you know what you've got to do. you just got to tell God, God, I'm sorry. I haven't, been, I haven't been filling out my part of the deal. But I'm asking you to come and forgive me. Show me, teach me how to be better. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whew. How many of y'all are really mad at me right now? Suck it up, buttercup. It's going to get worse. As time goes on, it's going to get worse because the Word of God has got to get out there. The truth has got to be preached. I love y'all.
1: care about you a lot. I want you to have a good life. But mostly I want you to have a God life. Okay? Annie, we still recording or you cut me off?
0: Huh? You still going? Okay. That's good. I want everybody out there to hear this too. If you have trouble finding a way to study the word of God and you don't understand the word of God, Tuesday night, men, we have a men's group here for Tuesday night. Your men problems are men problems, okay? Come in here and talk to the guys about it. There's some good Christian people in this room. There's some good men of God here that have some wisdom. And they can share with you how you're supposed to live. And back it up with scripture sometimes. And then Wednesday night, we have a Bible study that right now we're studying in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 8 right now. So, Wednesday night, come in here. You know, we have a few of us that come every Wednesday night, and it's great, guys. I love y'all for coming. It's really wonderful. I'd like to get out of that foyer and back in here. We have enough room in the foyer for everybody right now. So I'd like to see it where we've got to come back in here and have a room full of people listening and learning. And then Thursday night, Diane's class, she comes here and teaches, but she's also Zooming. She Zooms it out to everybody. She's not afraid to give you the Zoom code or whatever it takes to get on. I'm talking out my hat because I don't know what I'm talking about. But get on Zoom with her. If you can't be here, get on Zoom with her. And then Friday night, we have a class here. It's called The Word. And that's what it is. We take a word like anger, hurt, anxiety, peace, love, one word. And we look at the biblical definition of that word and the the worldly definition of it. And then we go into what does the Bible say about it? Do you know that most every word in the American language is in the Bible? That's kind of cool, isn't it? Every emotion we have, every anger we have, every depression we have, everything about us is in that book. And he tells us how to live by it and how to use it. That's how I got started doing this thing. I started out with finances. There's a lot of people having trouble with their finances. We did a finance class, the very first class. And from there, it's gone to, I can't even tell you how many words we've went over. But we break them down, and it's things we use every day in our life. So, now, you got Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Saturday, first Saturday, third Saturday of every month. It's Women's Day. You ladies can come in here, sit down with Mandy. She just finished up the armor of God, so you missed that one. But I'm sure she's got another one that's right around the corner. Okay, the women in Jesus' back. Women, that's a good one. Because a lot of y'all don't know who all the women in Jesus' background were and what their role was. You might want to come listen. Just to find out what women's role in God's world is. I think you'd be shocked. I think some of you would actually be shocked of how important the women was in Christ's world, what they did for them. Okay, so we're through with Saturday, right? Then we have a movie night here on the second Saturday of every month. Now, those movie nights are pretty cool because Charlie and Mandy come in here and they have one of those little podcast things. That's, I don't know what it is. I, don't get me in that. I ain't getting into that. I ain't getting into no Ruku, Juku, Hulu, Doodoo, and all that. I, ain't, I don't care. But they got a little podcast thing. They come in here, and they show Christian-based movies. Some of y'all learn by watching other people live, right? You can learn some stuff off those things. I watched the thing on Facebook the other day. It's called The Chosen. I'd never seen it before. I I watched just a tale a trailer of it. Okay. I'm thinking real serious about getting Ruku just to watch that. What? Ruku. I'm from Texas, Mississippi. It's Ruku. <laughs> okay. I don't care what you call it, but I'm thinking about getting it for two reasons. One, I can watch The Chosen, and the other, I can go back and watch me.
1: I'm on, yeah, yeah. But
0: for y'all that don't know it, we are now on two television stations. I think there's seven or eight radio stations around the United States we're on, and a couple overseas. Chuck just told me the other day that one of the stations, one the Ruku station, which is a fairly new station, there was over a thousand views on it. So I don't know what that means in the computer world. He tells me a thousand views is a lot. Pretty good. And he's fixing to start a third television show that station will be on that. So I don't know what his lineup is, I don't understand all of it, but it's out there for you if you want it. And then Annie's got it on Facebook. And he's got it on Biker Biker Church. What? YouTube. What else? 12 different podcasts, and if I start trying to name them, y'all will laugh at me like crazy. But I'm not going to do that. So, let's get out of here. Let's go home. Let's go eat. Let's go see your family. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I ask you that you just bless this meeting today. Let us carry on with what we've had to do. Let us go out and do what we need to do for you. Show us how to live our lives better. Walk with us, teach us, and talk to us about what we need to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at
0: gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, Please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.